go. Welcome to episode 22 of the Infinity Content Podcast, the show where even if a mad titan wipes out half of all life, the content is endless and we explore it all and share our thoughts on it. Thank you to Bellingham Washington's Comics Place for making this show possible. I'm your host, Trevor Beaker, and with me among the infinite possibilities to read are co-hosts Roman Statler and Colton Dion. How are Hello. you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? Fantastic. Roman, how are you? I, I am doing well, too. I just spent the day uh, reorganizing bookshelf, bookcases and stuff. I can see your bookcase in the back, and it looks really well done. Thanks. Uh, the, my, the aesthetic of mine is, is lacking, and I'm hopefully once... Where move, our move is done, I'll be making it look a little bit fancier. And I'm at the lowest quality in the spectrum. Mine's just a pile you're, for you're the move. <laughs> you're in transition for the move, also, kind of right now. Uh, yeah, so it's been it's been a month since we talked about our Batwoman, our New Fifty Two Batwoman uh, book, which was a lot of fun. And you know, right before Pride Month, Happy Pride Month. I see you got your rainbow pillow on. I do. Both a neck support and to <laughs> oh. celebrate. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. It's been it's been a balancing act of making sure that I also every year get into my Pride Month binging of everything. Uh, I just finished She-Ra, which was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm reading Love is Love, that IDW DC oh. anthology. Um which has got me super emotional whenever I read it. <laughs> I can make yeah. it like three issues in of the other stories and I'm like crying. I'm like, oh, so powerful. Uh, uh, nothing else new with you two? Just getting by in another day in quarantine and oh. stuff we'll talk about in a minute. And dystopia. <laughs> and dystopia. Yeah, yeah. My landlord and I are remodeling my apartment and the other apartments. Um, I saw I, when I drove by and I dropped off uh, dropped off a book for you. The oh, yeah. Of, yeah, I should have warned you because yeah, I'm getting through my front yard is kind of a kind of a minefield because it's all torn up and there's <laughs> lines and posts and rebar everywhere. I, I was so funny when I dropped off that stuff for you. It's like I didn't have any masks in my car because I like we have to keep the ones that we get from work at work because they're so limited on PPE right now. And so it's just like I'm like holding my like shirt up like Dracula over my mouth talking to you like shielding myself. <laughs> uh, so adorable. yeah. I wanted to get in a couple news announcements, small announcements before we dive into our big gritty stuff. Uh, Colton, you'll find these ones interesting. There was a CW Batwoman update. They are not killing Kate Kane. Oh, she lives to replace. She's gonna live. They're just they're just uh, replacing her with the new character. Is she gonna be like old and angry and bitter, like a mentor figure? I don't know. I mean, she's like she'll, she'll make guest appearances, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how they write off that uh, like write Kate Kane to leave the show and then make appearances and stuff. And then obviously we had uh, the guy that plays Elongated Man. He got fired from CW uh, based off of some some unsavory discussions and thoughts he's had over the years. Oh, he couldn't uh, yeah. stretch his mind, could he? <laughs> nice yeah it'll be interesting how they write him off uh the other one was we already kind of talked about it in our group messages bendis is leaving superman uh that was that was a big shock but the update after that one you roman and i had our our long discussion on text messages the follow-up thing was he's not leaving anytime soon he's just leaving which okay still We'll see. I mean, that's very ambiguous to say it's coming up soon and then also not soon. Yeah, I, I mean, why did even he if, even do that? <laughs> yeah, even if I'm reading, even if I'm not reading the Superman, at least let's see some follow through on him seeing this vision of what he wanted for the character. But I also had some talks about uh, Legion of Superheroes with the some of the guys from Fake Nerd Podcast because I really was excited for legion of superheroes as it was announced ever since doomsday clock and rebirth came out i really liked them as like from the tv shows from the justice league animated from their own animated shows i really love the characters the designs like the concept so when this comic was coming out i was excited ryan sook's art's beautiful but it was a lot of just scatter like plots happening too much nothing stays on track i picked up that issue six digitally because uh, I, I sadly canceled the issues. I was like, I'm not having fun with this. Like the art's beautiful, but it's not enough. And that issue six, I don't know if you looked at it, Roman, 
Is that the latest one? That's the latest one where the cover is supposed to feature Monster Boy, Gold Lantern, and uh, the new Doctor Fate. Yeah. And the solicits advertise for all three of those. And wow, what an issue. It uh, It's a spoiler, but we're not, whatever. I don't, I don't care. Like, I, I've lost yeah. a lot of, like, Ryan Sook, fantastic. Colors, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Monster Boy has, like, two panels of mention or talk. You don't even know really who he is still. He just apparently just changes monster shapes. Dr. Fate's, <laughs> you see the back of Dr. Fate's head once in, like, a, back, in like a, a screen. And then Gold Lantern shows up. And has like a really nice double page spread. And the line that makes me so mad is someone says, oh, Superboy, that's Gold Lantern. He's got a really cool story. You'll love to hear it. And that's it. <laughs> it's like, wait till you hear his origin story. It's like, oh my. And then they don't, it's this big climatic battle and you don't even see it finish. It finishes off page. And they talk oh, about geez. it. Like, I'm like, oh man, oh. this is not Well, you great. know, sometimes it's about what you oh. imagine. That's like the real impact, right? Yeah, Bendis wants just... to make you work for your comic book enjoyment. Yes, and we just talk like I think that's like tough because I know there's so many Legion characters and like obviously you guys take time, but I feel like the show and like the comics that I've read with them featured in it at least dove into these characters. Like it's been six issues and we still don't. I I can't read any of their dialogue without hearing the same voice from all of them, any yeah. of the characters. It's like a hive mind. I'm like I don't know. Well, they are Legion. They take like a. They are, I guess, like, even at one point, it's like, oh, we're in a relationship. It's like, but it doesn't sound like it. Like, it just, I don't know who you people are still. It's, yeah. And when you have the opportunity where you've re retconned the Legion of Superheroes to make them their own thing, but we still don't even really get to explore who they are. It's just... Well, you know, it's like a know. voiceless protagonist in video games. You could just project whatever you want onto them. <laughs> Dude, I'm block. <laughs> uh, Monster man. man. Before I dive into any more of that stuff, because we're we got some more Superman stuff to talk about. This one's great. Uh, I'm gonna try to weave these all together. Warner Bros. made a statement. Uh, this was trending on Twitter yesterday today that it they don't think it's a good time for a Superman movie right now. Once what? again, no per like a best time, best time. I like this is capital time to be writing one and thinking about one. Like Dan Jurgens was even on Twitter. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I I think it would me. really depend on how they portray him. Because if you're doing all American farm boy Superman, I could see it not being a good time for that version. Mm -hmm. But if you're more using like a unifying outsider, uh, I think it would be. It's it's just his character. He is so representative, of like the American spirit. But the American spirit's so broken right now, which I know we'll talk about. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's so, so much, I, there's so much you could mine from, though. Well, I think that, you know, if, like, they did, like, uh, is it the one from Earth 2 that's after modeled after Obama? Uh, well, he's not modeled after Obama, but I mean, I'd like to insert Obama on him. Uh, Valzad is, he's like a, he's just a genius version of, like, the Zod family. I mean, he's a scientist. He was adopted into the, the L family. And then was kind of in a bunker. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, that's all the canon for him. But I mean, mm -hmm. when I mean, well, that, the, they've 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 always avoided saying that. But I mean, it, it's Obama. It's Obama. <laughs> <laughs> it's Obama. I mean, do you see those videos of him running upstairs? Yeah, that's definitely Obama. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, oh man, there's a whole thing with like Trump apparently having trouble going down some stairs, and then people putting up <laughs> videos. Of Obama just running up a flight of stairs, no problem. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that weaves into my comment when I saw that was, you know, I'm pretty sure Warner Brothers has got their sights set on, like, planning their calendar out for an extended stay in Gotham, depending on Pattinson's movie's success, or whether they need to reboot it again. So it's just a lot of Gotham Batman stuff, which they really want to keep their attention on. Because uh, that splits into the next thing, which Colton, you might not be so excited about this. Uh, the, the solicits for DC Comics came out recently, and Batman and Catwoman may or may not be together after issue 94. Well, you know, they always have to break them up somehow. They do, because they've also... He can't be happy. Uh, Tom King's Batman and Mitch George Batman, or uh, Batman Catwoman, is probably going to be out of continuity now. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's so lame. Especially because I just... 
this week was the first time I didn't read an issue of Legion of Superheroes because now I've given up. Mm-hmm. But I did read an issue of Batman, which I had given up, and I thought, well, okay, I'll read one and see what's going on. And it was, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I like and listen, not, was in it. I'm not the best Batman fan. Like, I acknowledge it's a great character, but like, you really don't want that character to be happy. Like, you really want to stick Batman as like in a, keep him in a lane. Like that <laughs> yeah. lane, that well's got to run dry. Like push push some continuity in a new direction i mean they're still working their way like i guess lois and superman are still together a, a big like it's hard to determine for me at this point but i mean there's still other characters that were married that still haven't made their way back to each other like low or iris and barry are still not together again well they are but they're not like there's not really any dc relationships going anymore so there's a lot there's a lot of open relationships <laughs> Well, Aquaman and Mera, they're in a relationship, but they're not married. They still haven't got married, and she's oh. engaged to Volko now as, like, a Wait, political what? thing. Yeah. Oh, that's because okay, a political Aqu- thing. Okay, that makes sense. Aqu- well, Aquaman, Aquaman can't get married to her. Like, Atlantis won't accept him if he gets married is, like, the whole thing. So she picks Volko to be her husband so that she doesn't have to, like, deal with all the suitors and stuff. Yeah. So, okay. like, Aquaman just has to be cool with that while her and Aquaman still see each other. Volko is just the the figurehead for the king when they do get married. If they do get married, it's, yeah. it's dragging out. Uh, <laughs> it's all it's DC good. news. It's very, very Greek drama. <laughs> yeah, it's because the last bit of DC news... As I say, I, DC I uh, for divorce characters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of divorce, Diamond and DC, the distributor that comics have been using for 25 years uh dc is breaking up with them so there's your divorce yep. uh we've we've this came out last week the discuss the announcement i believe i yeah. talked with Django a little bit about it uh what are, what are your thoughts roman i mean because you still work at the shop um it's i don't think it'll have any effect really on the public and customers it makes things you know tougher behind the scenes at complex stores because yeah now, you know we have we have now two different distributors for dc plus you know, the regular previews and diamond for everything mm-hmm. else. So it just makes everything harder behind the scenes. Um, and it's, it's interesting that they went with, instead of, you know, trying to distribute through themselves or, you know, a, trying to bring up a new distribute, a distribution company, they picked two shops to be the main distributions. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's strange. I mean, I, I mean, in general, I like the idea of just breaking up, uh, monopoly oh, yeah the monopoly, mean, that's like, cool but... breaking out the monopoly is great but yeah the behind the scenes like you said like that is a lot that is a lot to keep track of because now you're gonna have to like you're no longer previews from, it's no longer gonna have well i guess it's still ha- it's not through diamond is it no it's not the the, the previews is oh yeah yeah it is it's so, okay so you're not gonna be getting your dc through that anymore yeah we'll have you, some kind of separate... some other new thing yeah. And then my my big worry was when I was like thinking about it, it's like oh now you have to worry about like we had like ratio variants and stuff and like mm-hmm. all those exclusives like are we gonna have to worry like our shops gonna have to worry about these ratio variants or these exclusive variants coming from two different distributions through DC now like are they gonna have to like oh this store's got a specific Batman cover and this store's got a specific Batman cover like how is that gonna work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't that's know how gonna, they're going to do that. That's going to be a headache, but, ugh, yeah. D, ooh, DC, oofers. It's <laughs> just interesting shakeups happening all around. But at least we get a Strange, uh, the Adam Strange book again next week. Strange Adventures. Oh, strange cool. Adventures. Good, because I yeah. was wondering where, where that was. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we can, uh, we've, we've loosened up a bit. Now we can actually dive into this so we were originally going to be talking about happy by grant morrison uh that was my pick for this this episode but uh, due to current events right now uh i spoke with both of you and we decided we can put that on hold because there's more important things going on uh like the black lives matter movement with you know oh god there's i mean it's a lot it's a lot to unpack and like I was saying before, we, uh, I'm definitely going to say I'm not an expert on like everything going on. I've been trying my best to, you know, stay informed, read up and just, I mean, use, use the platforms that I have to, you know, share other people's stories and voices. But with everything that's happened with George Floyd, Ahmaud Avery, Breonna Taylor, 
And then recently with Robert Fuller and California and Rayshard Brooks and Atlanta, like it's, it's awful. And it's, I'm like pissed and I'm tired and it's, it's disgusting. And like, I just, I cannot believe that, you know, everything growing up, like being taught that like, oh, the civil rights, like slavery was ending. And just like this realization over the last few years, like, I'm glad that I'm like came up to where I'm at now and had more of an understanding and awareness of like, and thanks to Colton, like pointing out like these things, like racism never really went away. It's just, it's, it's, you know, being implemented in different ways and different forms because of the use of cameras and footage. Like it, it's, it's still there and it's just awful. And like what's been going on is terrifying and it's, it needs to stop. It needs to end. Uh, I mean, Colton, you can stop me anytime. I know, I know you, like you've already went and did, you did a protest in Bellingham. Oh yeah, I went to the Solitary uh, rally that was last Saturday. And that was really, it was so cool. Not a single person not wearing a mask. It was awesome. Everybody was six feet apart. Everybody was like there listening and had like really great signs and was so activated. Uh, I think that it's definitely a really tough time, but if you actually listen to a lot of the like protest leaders, like the black light ladder BLM leaders, uh, a lot of them talk about how it is really sickening what has led people to go out to the streets, but they've never been more hopeful or inspired at the same time, because we've never had this type of diverse crowds and uh, people who aren't black seeking to educate themselves and have those tough conversations with their friends and family. So I think it is a really galvanizing moment for very sad reasons. I mean, shit, like we, we made that uh, text to you and our other buddy. I mean, the fact that we've had extra, like 13 other countries, the Amish come forward, K-pop stands, uh, covens came forward to like all support Black Lives Matters, and it's like, but we have a fucking ignorant asshole who at the last second decided maybe I shouldn't fucking, you know, do a speech on you know this Juneteenth. Like, like of course so. you fucking shouldn't. Yeah, you fucking shouldn't, you idiot. Well, do you know about the uh, yeah. like the uh, trans healthcare rights? Yeah, that was something else uh, I was. Like, now, oh, it's, on it's the fourth anniversary of polls. Yeah, one thing after another, and like, yeah, I was reading that like after like going back and forth between reading "Love Is Love" like about the Pulse shooting and stuff, and just like it's it's makes me so angry and so upset that this has continued as long as it has, and I'm 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 super inspired and happy to see you know, you know, thousands of people like out like the protests in seattle like people come together all around the nation it's been it's been motivating inspiring to for me to like do what i can on my end like donating using my platforms it's i mean i i told you already Colt, but i don't think i told you roman but it was uh about a week ago i was driving past the comic store i was going to pick up uh, some pho for my wife she wasn't feeling good and all of railroad were protesters and they were they were social distancing i saw masks on everybody there were some cops just standing around with people like holding up someone holding up the signs for say his name i can't breathe george floyd brianna taylor and i like i i had a red light and i just i just was in view of everybody watching as these people were waving and you know holding up their signs chatting with people and i don't even think like the light hit green and i like i was bawling before i got the car was moving like, i was just trying i had to go pick up the fudge just like tears in my eyes just, like trying to sign a piece of paper this is so moving and just fuck it's wow yeah it's, it's so inspiring the um now i forget the acronym but the the capitol hill the chad a- autonomous Chaz. A- yeah autonomous mm-hmm. zone yes the autonomous i would stumble over because i know yeah, I always can never remember how to pronounce autonomous, but a friend of mine lives right on the edge of that, and and it's it's just 
very inspiring. I don't know what the latest news is in the last couple of days from there. Yeah, I haven't, but, I haven't seen anything but, else new about it. I love that they are like have it labeled as the uh, instead of Seattle Police Department, Seattle People Department. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like the last like big update that I saw was that Trump was threatening the mayor that he was going to send in oh, force right. to do it, and then yeah. the mayor told him to go back to his bunker, and Governor Inslee also told him to <laughs> shut up, like fucking asshole yeah like, yeah yeah go 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 hide away and, bunker boy. yeah like this like this something else that's like really big is you know the talking of defunding the police abolishing the police mm-hmm. and you know the misinformation going around that because you know a lot of people like are saying like no we're not getting like it's seriously that we're not getting rid of the police it's just reallocating millions of dollars that they don't need and like yeah. re like restructuring doing things because we don't like they don't need like, that um like and like they're yeah they're just saying like oh it's like no you're not going to call 911 and no one's going to answer it's just we need to change how things are done and cool i mean as you know someone that does casework and stuff like we like i made that joke i made that joke the other day it's like they're just very highly untrained social workers cops well like, what's to deal really, with situations that they should what's be really cool with. is that like in bellingham we actually have a program uh that is like the first of its in like kind of the entire state it's a pilot program where they actually do have like uh dyads where there is a uh emt who has a social worker with them uh there's two cops who each have social workers with them uh, who are masters level so you actually do see this uh already there's been a recognition for this need for this exact shift before this and just in the program here in the uh county level it's been so successful that they're looking at adopting across the state so there's already kind of a trend towards this so it's really exciting to see that it's being recognized as maybe something that should be implemented as the baseline policy across the nation i really hope so like i mean i heard uh braden roman talk about the petition that was going around in whatcom county for defunding the police and like i'm i i'm really hoping that like bellingham for washington state at least sets an example for you know this this movement and like you said colton it's like it already sounds like we've we've they've been doing implementations for the things that should be done well i think it's just a really big thing that's happened is we have such a mystification regarding how government and civics work in our country because we don't actually teach it to people anymore Uh, i uh, read something recently that now between like an all uh somebody's public education they're only required like six months of civics or government where in the past it was like two or three years or so something like that but it's like exponentially more in the past so i think that people have been so politically unengaged there's so many more distractions now uh and it is really hard if you are not like poised to think that way but people just didn't have the language or the tools so i like that you know oh we're actually looking at budgets in a concrete way or we're actually looking at the stru- big structural issues because that's is where we're getting all these like small local community problems are actually just reflections of larger macro structures wow is that is that pilot program is that um at the county level the sheriff's level or or with it just within the city it's uh it's called the grace program uh so it was originally just for uh, bellingham uh but then they started doing it with the Ferndale uh, Fire Department, and I think the maybe a little bit with Linden. So it's starting to uh, expand out from Bellingham uh, mm-hmm. after they got their first initial data and actually saw that it was starting to do some good work. But now what, I, what we need to see is, yeah, we can have the best social workers in the world, but if we don't have the housing or the behavioral health resources, if we don't actually have the resources to direct people towards, uh, they're not that actually useful. So... Yeah, we have to also build up those actual local resources in addition to having the people there to direct them towards them. Yeah. yeah. So before we actually dive into our topics, pieces and stuff that aren't happy, uh, we want to do a quick quick note uh, advertisement to talk about Chasing Black Unicorns, How Building the Amazon of Africa Put Me on Interpol's Most Wanted List. This was sent to us from Merrick Zimlowski. Uh, a big thank you to Eric Zimlowski for sending these all the way from Poland. Uh, Chasing Black Unicorns. Uh, let me tell you about it with uh, the best reading voice I can do. <clears throat> Silicon Valley meets Indiana Jones. 
Chasing Black Unicorns is an autobiography written by Marek Zimlowski, one of Poland's most respected internet entrepreneurs. Witty and humorous, the book covers many dramatic and often dangerous events. Before moving to Nigeria to set up the Amazon of Africa, Zimlowski worked for one of Poland's biggest financial service companies and is the founder of many online ventures in Central Europe. While establishing the first online network of funeral services in Poland, he had to cover, overcome challenges from criminal gangs running the market sector. His business in Nigeria have also made him enemies, powerful individuals who have corrupted police and government officials to stand against him. Overnight, Eric became an international fugitive and was put on the most wanted list by Interpol, an organization with a history of being manipulated by corrupt regimes. Zimlowski describes this and many other events, putting them in the context of African history and cultures, a continent that he is now deeply in love with. All the author's books profits support impactful charity initiatives in Africa at MerrickZimlowski.com. So super, super gracious that uh, Mr. Zimlowski brought this all the way overseas to us. Uh, I brought you both your books the other day. These are thick books. Uh, as like you both see, uh, audio-wise, they're, they're pretty big, pretty dense. I, uh, I've read through the introduction. I'm through chapter one, uh, kind of getting his background and where he started and stuff. It's very interesting. I'm super excited about this. I love uh, reading stories that, you know, take focus in Africa. Um, this one this one will be interesting as it's from like an, a business owner, a business entrepreneurship side. Oh, it so is. I'm excited to dive into more. I definitely want to, I'm excited to jump into it too, because Africa, our understanding and portrayal of it is so uh, myopic. It is such a diverse place and it is going to be like the future powerhouse of the world there is so much economic opportunity there so much there that i probably already don't even know about uh but it's <laughs> going to be really exciting to see over like the next uh, few decades that like i think the tourism the culture media coming out of it are really gonna be blowing people's minds definitely uh so yeah i can't say thank you enough uh, we'll can continue to talk about this over time so we can uh, dive into the thing. So obviously, since we're not doing happy, and uh, right now, you know, focus on you know, empowering and uplifting the black community because they're the ones that need. They're the ones that are you know, this is the focus. That's the focus of everything right now. It needs to be. So I talked with both of you, and I said we should be looking at uh, stories that we can both all bring forward that are uh, black creator focused. Uh, uh, whether that's through characters, through artists, through writers, and talk about those ones. So we all are we all are coming forward with one and talking about it. Uh, so, Colton, what what did uh, what did you go with? Uh, I went with uh, the classic uh, Black Panther. Uh, is actually nice. my first uh, Black Panther story I read, and it was really really good, uh, but definitely not a user friendly jump into the story uh is that the space empire it one? is uh by uh i'm gonna say is, is it talanisi Tanisi coats uh, Tanisi coats Tanisi coats and uh daniel acuna uh and it is about a uh intergalactic wakandan empire that had uh originally broken off of from um an older uh, ancient group of Wakandans, and they went and colonized a whole region of uh, space, I think like four or five different like star systems. Uh, it's really, really interesting. It's kind of, a, I don't want to say an Elseworlds story, but it kind of has that tone where you have all these characters that have these really long legacies, but they are being presented in a different way in these like unique space roles. Uh, so it was kind of hard for me, since I don't know a lot of these characters, how they originally were, to then see how they're kind of inverted in this story environment. But it was really, really good, uh, really interesting. I definitely want to now go back and dig into those characters. Uh, beautiful art, uh, definitely strong focuses on uh, colonization, how that affects people, uh, the idea of loss of identity. Uh, by the powerful culture over the people that they're domineering. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. Also, uh, big uh, notes of Afro-futurism, uh, which you already get in Black Panther because of how uh, technologically advanced Wakanda is. But I remember uh, listening to an interview uh, with uh, some of the creators and uh, people who are really around Black Panther, and they were talking about how you never really do see 
uh, black people in space or in like future settings. It's always like very like past orientated or present orientated, but it's not like this hopeful, bright neon space environment. So it was really cool to see that brought to life in this comic. I am super glad you picked that one. It, this wasn't, this isn't the pick I'm going to be talking about, but it was one of the ones I read Colton. Uh, it is also a black Panther. <laughs> it is, it is the first one. I love the uh, space Wakanda, the empire in space issue one cover that you have, because it's a, it is a homage covered to Tennessee Coates's first, uh, first Wakanda nation under our feet cover. So I thought that was great. Uh, yeah. Super glad you liked that one. The art in that one was beautiful. Uh, it was a new number one volume or new number one run, but still by Coates as the writer. And it picks up, um, I don't I don't know where issue six left off because I'm sure you read the first six issues of mm-hmm. it. I can't remember where it left off on that. I don't want to get like super spoilery, but it does pick up where his run on A Nation Under Our Feet started. And it also plays off of... Um, the Wakandans being in space. It's not an Elseworlds. That's not that's not a spoiler. Uh it it plays off of Secret Wars. Okay. Uh I don't know if you remember that Roman. Mm, yeah. At yeah, the yeah. end where he is like, I'm gonna take the gauntlet, I'm gonna go, and then he accidentally basically has some of his people go to space. So Yeah. It's though a, it, oh, although it does but yeah, it reads I remember when I was reading it, yeah, it kind of reads like it's an Elseworlds thing or it's yeah. in the far future, but like in the Shuri series, his sister, when she takes over for him, the, she refers to her brother being in space and everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so this is current Marvel. Yeah, like that was the one <laughs> thing, like when I was reading the, the Wakanda in space one, uh, it, it's one of the ones where it's, yeah, it's very hard to, to lock down whether it's continuity or not, which is surprising for Marvel because most of their stuff have been because there hasn't been really any mention of it in any of the out, other comics. Like Avengers, he's a leader of the Avengers right now. He's... Mm. No mention of it whatsoever. There still hasn't been any yeah. like fallout repercussions. Hickman's X Men was starting, and Storm Storms there at one point. So, it, yeah, it was hard to nail down, but a really really cool story. I I'm still always going to be confused about the Shuri stuff and how that works based off of most of my knowledge of Shuri pre uh, Coates's Coates's run of her being the Black Panther before in charge of Wakanda to uh, Coates's run where she comes out as a kind of new, she's got long white hair and she can turn into birds and do a bunch of different stuff to then all of a sudden the Shuri series kind of tracked more along the lines with the Marvel cinematic universe Shuri. Mm -hmm. So I I had a tough time understanding where, where continuity was going. It kind of, kind of started bleeding and blurring there. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I had that problem too for a while there. I thought this does T'Challa have two sisters or three sisters? Yeah. I don't know. I think <laughs> All, he's just got one. Yeah. <laughs> We're not so sure. We're not so <laughs> uh, So the, I, the thing with the one that you read, Colton, was when I picked Nation of Feet, I went back and read this because this has been one that I've seen popping up on a lot of people's social media as like, you know, supporting black creators is the Coates is run of Black Panther so I haven't reread it since the very beginning. Like I picked this up, uh, I I mean, shortly after we started beginning our collection of comics in 2016, or uh, early 2017. I was def I was done reading. Uh, I was done taking all my African study classes and doing my tourism stuff, and uh, we were at the comic shop, and I picked up Aquaman, and I believe it was Jeff Roman that. You know, it was like, oh, if you're really liking the political stuff going on in Aquaman, like, you'll like Black Panther. I was like, I, wish, I, should, I definitely want to go for this. Uh, check it out. And it was cool because Coates, I saw his name. I was like, I definitely need to get this. I didn't know he was doing it. Uh, I first learned about him when I read his book, Between the World and Me, which was fantastic. I, I don't know if you've seen that book, Roman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cole, I'm sure you have, right? Uh it's, uh, I, I, it's I'm uh, aware of being a very famous author. I know about Water Dancer, yeah. but I don't know about that specific book this this one was it's a it's a it's a written letter basically to his teenage son about like feeling symbolism and restless association with being black in the united states Mm -hmm. it was the uh western when i started as a ra they were giving these out to the ras to give out to all the residents when they came in so i got to read this like a week before all the students started coming in and i got to go give it out and it was 
fantastic and like rough and like just it's hard for me to imagine like it it, it was it was riding on the heels of you know being kind of getting more aware of like you know the privilege and white fragility so i was like this was a powerful read and when i saw his name on black panther i had to go for it it definitely this the first run of black panther had some strong notes of you could see that it was uh his first comic series to write it was very word heavy in in the first few in the first volume at least yeah they... and it was hard to track even even this one even the one before you it was like it wasn't completely user friendly at some points. Well, uh, definitely, I think that uh, when writers are first uh, moving to comic books, they don't know how to trust the artist yet, or they don't know how to use mm -hmm. the visuals as a storytelling device because they've only ever used they've been wordsmiths. Words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely Coates was the first time I like saw that in a writer versus an artist in the comics, and I saw like that trust kind of start showing more as he got further in this first initial run, when he gets to Black Panther versus Claw, you really see him take more of a uh, backseat as the artist kind of takes the lead on mm. a character completely sound-based. And it was, it was absolutely beautiful. And I felt like after that, up to the Space Empire, it was it was great, great reading material. Uh, sorry, to, sorry to hijack your Black Panther. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's tied in. It's all part of the same, you know, run, uh, same author. Yeah, see, so like the art and everything in it. Oh, it was it was beautiful. Uh, I unfortunately don't have the language to describe the art, but very uh, neon, almost uh, Guardians of the Galaxy esque, and it's like color palette. Yeah. Uh, and then like a very like bold paint color. Yeah, I thought it was great. It'll, uh, it'll knock your socks off. It'll, it'll take one of your nine lives. <laughs> uh, Roman, have you looked at it at all? Oh yeah, I've I've uh, I think I've read at least halfway th through the um, the the Wakandan Empire in space storylines and everything before that. I I moved to I I had to cut back on some stuff, so I'm I think I'm five or six issues behind on it right now, but I need to catch up. I need to get the I need to get all the issues so I can have the his complete run complete because it's fantastic. Uh, Roman, yeah. do you want to go next, or do you want me to go next? Um, oh, I don't mind either way. I just want to add something that's interesting that uh, Colton said about <clears throat> um, Black Panther in space, kind of just uh, black people in space that you never get to see that. Um, uh, I forgot her first name. Jemison, the science fiction writer mm -hmm. um, that's writing Far Sector right now. Oh, yeah. See? That's that reminded me of that because that's real interesting because um, her Green Lantern is a new Green Lantern to the core and we don't know how her origin of that yet, but it's real interesting. She's in this on this world while well, these kind of combined worlds and the world building is so good and so intricate and they're so insular and they're different cultures and the culture clashes and it's cool seeing um, that this Green Lantern as they're slowly revealing her background and things she dealt with on earth, how she approaches the, these other cultures and everything and doesn't insert herself and tries to understand. And, and you just imagine if it was Hal Jordan, he would just be busting in there. Oh, and, he would totally assert to, his, yeah. He's telling everybody, ass. no, this is how you do it. This is how you solve this. Just do what I tell you. And it's so great because Jemison's character is is so not that. So it's really good. If you guys haven't read that, you should pick it up. <laughs> I, I read the first. I read it was the one young of the newer young animals that I was most excited for when they were coming out. But I uh, I, I I got the first issue and then I kind of wanted to trade weight that one. But I because I really it, love the art and I wanted to like dive in more of the story. But I've just been kind of waiting when I was trying to cut back. While we're going it, through the housing it would process. lend itself, yeah, it would lend itself to a reading as a trade because, especially when the when the uh, shutdown happened and everything, however many months it was between issues, I, I I've really had to think about and go, wait, have I am I caught up? What all's going on here? <laughs> uh, I've just some of the yeah some of the comics after being gone for so long. Like I picked up Excalibur number ten, 
and that was confusing on so many levels. I'm like, did I miss something? <laughs> like in issue nine, I'm like, what's happening? I read back. I'm like, oh no, it's just it's just already confusing. But such a good run. Uh, yeah, I definitely am excited to get the Far Sector and trade. I love that artist. Uh, though I didn't really enjoy the Naomi run at all. I thought the art was the most standout part of it. So that was a big draw for me. One being a Green Lantern content because I wasn't enjoying Morrison's new run and that artist is great. Like I would, we need some, we need some better Green Lantern. Uh, like yeah. nothing against Morrison. I would just like a, a, a Green Lantern run to get back into. But now that I'm thinking about it too. I just want Jessica just Cruz. Said, that's all. I want Jessica Cruz. I want Jessica Cruz and Simon back. Like she's in Odyssey and I'm enjoying Odyssey though. It's different. Uh, and it's not very Green Lantern-y right now, but I, I really want them to have a series again. That was that's so funny. About an hour ago, I ate a late lunch and I was watching like the latest like an episode of uh, DC Superhero Girls on Netflix, uh-huh. and it was a Jessica Cruz focused one. And I was thinking, man, I want Jessica Cruz to have her own series. I miss. Yeah, her. <laughs> they were so great. Uh, remember, Cole, remember when we'd like leave the comic shop and go back home, and you'd watch me like have like internal struggle on my face looking back debating to buy that that first bundle of six mm-hmm. issues i finally did and it was one of my was favorite dc it. series like <laughs> it was so worth it like them having their back and forth like dealing with their own problems and then like finding like trust in each other and then just like constantly talking about going to a diner and getting pancakes such a good series yeah. uh but it just made me think real fast after we talked about how jordan just inserting himself is how jordan like the batman of space then because batman inserts himself into everybody else's business uh He's less kind smart. of in a way, but 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 yeah, he's not he's not a he's not a genius like Batman. No, he's not. He's more of an old fashioned kind of like uh, construct first, questions later. Yeah, masculine fighter pilot, yeah. leather jacket, ladies man. You know, uh, like, like yeah. a general hat that way and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roman, what what did you go with for your read? Maybe we um, can we'll disperse disperse our hero our superhero picks because I clearly you know where, where my head was at when I was grabbing <laughs> stuff. Well, yeah. Well, I didn't um, I didn't pick anything. I didn't pick something that was uplifting necessarily, but it's um, it's called and it's called and this is the name of the main the main character. It's a nonfiction Big Black Stand at Attica, and it's about the 1971 Attica prison uprising. Okay. Um, and it's written by Frank Big Black Smith, who was an inmate there, um, and and co-written by Jared Reinmuth, and art is by Amaz Amazian um, who I've never heard of before. But uh, it's just about the four days of that uprising. Some still call it a riot. A riot. Uh, it was very educational. It was something that. I didn't know really anything about. I knew a riot had happened, um, mm. mainly because it's referenced in movies like Dog Day Afternoon and stuff. But I didn't know anything about what it was actually about. And it was about the prisoners, the inmates. They wanted better conditions. They wanted to um, stop being beaten. They, you know, you know, just basic human rights stuff. Um, and and there was an incident when they were taking taking some. Uh, one guy was in solitary and some of the other inmates in solidarity said when they found out about it, they're like, no, in solidarity, we want to go back to our cells and also be in solid in solitary. So they did that, but they were able, but they also un- unlocked, I don't know how, but don't say, but they un- let the guy out of the solitary, the other inmates let him out. And then they all went to go out to the yard, um, and the the in, the guard that was leading them out there, he wasn't informed that some higher ups, some other guards, were gonna come down and confront them, and that happened, and it led to the whole uprising that followed that lasted for four days, that the government put down. I mean, there there's there's so many levels to it. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy that wrote it, uh, Big Black Smith. He was one of the guys that was trying to keep peace with everybody, and him and some uh, Muslim inmates 
all agreed, okay, once they took hostages of the guards, they all agreed, okay, we got to protect the guards, not let anything happen to them, we don't want violence. And of course, in the media and the government, it was Governor Rockefeller, New York State, Governor Rockefeller, um, he wouldn't come and visit the prison, he wouldn't make an appearance, he was just all like, no, we got to put him down, we got to stop this, take the prison back. Um, whole thing got blown out blown out the media was saying oh they're threatening to like slit the throats of the prisoners and that never happened roman i'm sensing um, afterwards... a uh maybe some current uh parallels that might be the reason why you picked that <laughs> well the fu- yeah but the funny thing is that i actually read this last month <laughs> really well you know i and, guess and... universal truths yeah, and then that's yeah, that's the sad thing. I you know I read this last month, of course, having no idea where we'd be a month later, and everything in this, still as we said at the beginning, still happening. Um, terrible stuff happened to resolve this. I mean, the Rockefeller was talking to President Nixon at the time, and apparently behind closed doors, they were all like, you know, whatever, just take the prison back. It doesn't matter what happens to these inmates. Um, 43, it was like 43 total people got killed of inmates and guards. Whoa. But most of them, yeah, but but most of them were killed by the the soldiers, the national, I don't don't remember if it was National Guard, but the soldiers that came in to take back the prison, most of the people were killed by soldiers' bullets, including other, including guards and innocent inmates who weren't involved in the uprising because um, they came in in helicopters and dropped tear gas in the prison and then just started shooting into, into the gas. Um. And that's how they took the prison back. This, this guy who wrote it, uh, Frank Big Black Smith, he was, he was t- injured, tortured afterwards. Um, it's a tough read because they go into that a little bit. And, you know, he had PTSD attacks and stuff, nightmares for the rest of his life. And there was some prison reform afterwards in New York State and other stuff, but very minor, very kind of paying lip service to it all. And then, of course, when private prisons came around, that's all reversed. (laughs) 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 Damn. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a good read. It's a good read. The art is a little. It's a little. It looks kind of amateurish, kind of rough. And so it, it, but once I got into it, it actually kind of, in a weird way, fits the grittiness of the story. It fits the prison atmosphere. Is it a, um, an image book? Uh, no, it's actually from. Arcadia. Oh, I'm oh. not familiar with Arcadia? that. Uh, group. Yeah, they, they're, they've been around for a while. Do they usually do uh, more uh, nonfiction oriented uh, books? No, I don't feel. I mean, I, what I've read from before, you know, it's science fiction and fantasy and various other things. Um, in fact, when I first picked this up, it was just because, oh, I, I don't know anything about Attica. I want to learn about that. Um, and I was surprised when I re- when I noticed, oh, it's Arcacia, Arcadia. Um because, yeah, it's not the kind of thing I would expect from them. Nonfiction American history. <laughs> well, I, you know, I have a few friends who are history teachers. and They've actually started been using more uh, comic books as uh, their, like, books that they use for classes. And I think that that is so exciting because I think it's definitely a uh, more engaging way to get people involved in history. And you also don't usually, it seems like have the gatekeepers with like traditional like textbooks. Uh, yeah. when you more have the people actually telling the stories and you're getting like more of a focused view on like a single event rather than a, you know, bolded term in a paragraph. So, ah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is written by one of the guys there who was one of the, one of the, elected leaders among the inmates and the forward is by one of the guys who uh one of the lawyers that was part of his legal team for the last i don't know took something like it wasn't until the mid 2000s um that they actually got any kind of like like the author got any kind of um 
monetary recompense or anything for this. I mean, they was in court for just decades. So yeah, it's really interesting mm -hmm. that you're hearing it straight from the people involved. It is. Uh, any other any other last comments on on yours, Roman? Um, just that it really is scary that you know. In the you know just in the last week, all this all the stuff about the cops and tear gas and and just the the indiscriminate cruel carelessness of it all. Uh, and, and yeah. God and the and the racism. I mean. Of course, in this in Attica back then, racism was rampant among the guards, and and ugh, it's, it's 1971, and here we are in 2020, and and how much no has better. changed? Not yeah. a lot. <laughs> Especially, well, I won't get into Trump. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's a, it's a sticky tar pit getting into that one. It's <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just loads of garbage and pond garbage that, you know, never ends with him. Uh, well, I mean, like, the violence and the shittiness of all, like, it is a good segue into one of the ones I read, which I was going to briefly talk on, since I already had a little brief talk that Black Panther was one of the ones I read along with Colton. Uh, one of the ones, not the one I'm going to be talking about mostly, but I did a, I did a read of Nighthawk. Uh, oh. Hate makes hate. Uh, which along the lines of like hearing about like the racism and the violence and everything, uh, I saw a couple people, Meet and Mutants podcast was talking about this, Fake Nerd podcast, or not Fake Nerd podcast, uh, Mutant Music was talking about this with a couple of online, and this was one that I was talking about with some friends for a while. And I remember hearing about this one when I worked at the shop. Uh, wow, how fucking relevant and still like to today, this is. Uh, it's about a so it's about a guy named Raymond Kane. He's the Nighthawk from another Marvel uh, Earth that ends up on the main universe. He's like Batman Colton, except a brutally violent. <laughs> he straight up maims and like kills people. But this is all like this whole story is based around basically a like like boiling tension of racism and police violence that starts because of the killing of an innocent black man and this is him like it is the result of like like nothing being done and constantly like being you know these people constantly being you know hurt and killed and it's just like this is the the rage boiled over in nighthawk as well as fighting a villain that is past the point of nighthawk like nighthawk already like blows people up and sets fire to like meth heads and like nazis but then his the person he's going after is someone that is the you know the absolute worst point of like what these cops have done to the black community and what it's created and it is he's catching a guy that's basically like jigsaw kind of mixed with uh like hannibal kind of thing like it's a straight up crazy killer uh, it's such a brutal book. It's uh, by David Walker, who uh, he's done a bunch of things that I've liked. Um, he's done Power Man and Iron Fist. He's done Luke Cage. It it was I would definitely recommend this read. It's not a it's not a light lighthearted read whatsoever. Uh, he's currently doing Bitterroot for Image, which is uh, like being talked about a lot right now, which is something I want to pick up. Uh, but the main one that I want to read <laughs> between all of them, because like I was gonna do that as the main focus. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Mosaic from Marvel. I always want to talk about this one in like terms of reviews and other stuff, but I, it never gets to it. And I was talking to uh, one of my buddies for the Comic Lounge website, and he started reading this, and he really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mosaic at all, Roman? No. The only one I can think of was the Jon Stewart series from DC in the 80s. Okay, so Mosaic is an inhuman. Uh, this came out a couple years back. In 2015, he is, uh, which I'm a, I'm a fan of the Inhumans. I really like the post-Hickman, like, Terrigen Mist spreading Inhuman story stuff that came out of it. Uh, Mosaic is about a guy named Morrison Sackett. He's the, you know, the number one basketball player. His, his ego is rivaling that of Tony Stark's, essentially. Uh, he has a close relationship with his father, basically, like, in this business life. He's dating a pop star. 
and one day like his whole team hates him because he's so full of himself and one day he gets hit by the Terrigen Mists at a party and gets cocooned up and eventually comes out as some kind of horrifying monster but then um finds out like after getting stunned his he is he gets separated from his body and he's like a ghost uh it is fantastic because he finds out that he has these powers to jump into different people and take control of them and when he does that he has access to all of their like memories their skills uh so he uses that as like a way to he can jump from body to body and he can retain like the skills of other people so at one point he jumps into spider-man and retains like spider-man's strength uh but nobody can see him unless he wants them to like see them like he started he learns towards the end of the uh not volume one but volume two so only people that he's jumped into can see him after so it's a whole story about he is it's not a super it's not he's not a straight up superhero right off the bat this guy is a selfish like he's selfish and now he's scared and like not understanding what's going on with him so the whole story is him kind of trying to understand like he's understanding his powers as he's also trying to get back home to his dad and it's undercovering that his dad basically signed his son like he basically let his son sign his life away to this company that we have no idea what they're doing but they're collecting mutants metahumans or not i guess they're not metahumans people with powers inhumans mutants um and morrison was one of these potential individuals so he's trying to get back to his body uncovering stuff about his dad and his girlfriend and kind of like he's losing his like he's losing where he sees himself in life and it's kind of uh like through both volume one and volume two it's finding where he belongs kind of it touches on it a little bit in volume two because you finally get to see him connect with some of the inhumans uh, he's a fascinating character like even like towards the middle of volume two it's still he's not a hero he doesn't want to be a hero it's he's very much out for himself and it's a it's a slow process which i enjoy like because a lot of the heroes that we get with these new issues like any like reboot volume ones like thor black panther like we know who these characters are like they've been around for so long and like issue ones usually kind of jump on letting you know who they are if you haven't but this is this was great because it was a character that you don't know where they're going to go it's you're watching them develop over time yeah, the the power set was very cool i like that he was also a basically a, a like winning a winning character for secret or secret empire he was a like an ace for them like they went to go bust him out because like cap evil hydra captain america knew he was a dangerous character to have running around so they trapped him in a body in a coma so i think he's okay. cool yeah and i'm really sad that the inhuman stuff's basically done and gone because i don't even <laughs> know what happened to his character but very cool the story was by jeffrey thorne he's a screenwriter for television shows and he's done some other writing I thought I thought this story was very fantastic and really cool. I I loved the writing. I'm not even a big basketball fan or know much about basketball, but I like this character. Like the dialogue of his viewpoints of he, his mindset is very much like yeah, you can be like a hard worker and work as hard as you want, but like there's natural born talent like me, and like those people are always going to be the betters. And then you know, kind of having to reevaluate all that. The art uh, for the majority of this run. For the first six issues plus like the last two was by Kari Randolph. Pretty sure that's how you say his first name. Uh, his art is beautiful with, along with the colors here from uh, Lopez, I believe. Uh, Emilio Lopez. It's it's like a mosaic. It's a bunch of pieces coming together. Lots of blues and blacks. It's It pops. The contrasts are very cool. Uh, like it's edgy. The art has got very like hard line structures. Uh Right now he's doing, Kari Randolph's doing Excellence by Image Comics. I think it's by Image. It's a, it's a story about magicians and like a guy who is like basically working for this, like, it's kind of like the Bureau, what's the, what's that Harry Potter stuff that they have, like the, the Ministry of Magic? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that and then he finds... Mm -hmm. yours yeah he's kind of like that but then finds out like there's corruption in the system so it's dealing with uh you know not everything's there's not equality going across the board and he's tracking down stuff so it's like a bunch of magic so the art's really beautiful and that along with bitter root have been like very like very heavily promoted right now uh among all these black creator promoted stuff which are both series i want to start picking up uh and trades like asap 
I I thought this I thought this book was great and it was it was nice like it was a good contrast from Nighthawk uh, which just <laughs> reminded me constantly of everything going on and I don't want to forget what's going on but I really just missed reading Mosaic I found I was opening up all the issues for my bags and boards and saw that Comicsology had the first volumes free on there so I'm like oh, I shouldn't have pulled all these out I can just read it all on digital and I ended up just picking up the second volume for like three bucks on digital too so I don't have to take them out of their sleeves I can enjoy it on enjoy it digitally keep them pristine yeah I really highly recommend it and the more people that pick up Mosaic uh or some more Inhuman books god I miss the Inhumans <laughs> where's my where's my where's my Hickman Inhumans version of Don of X I know I do too I mean geez are we able they... to see Lockjaw again <laughs> Oh my gosh, Kate's just absolutely massacred them all. And there hasn't been really anything about them except some like stuff, like minor appearances in Fantastic Four, like leading up to Ben Grimm's marriage. But like yeah. nothing. Like they've been completely absent. And that was such a crap thing after like all that Terrigen Mist stuff. And there's such a there's such a huge part of the Marvel universe the way I've like seen everything. Like their connections yeah. to the Fantastic Four, to the Eternals, the, the Eternals, like uh like they they are as it, like i know people weren't happy that they tried to take over as the x-men like i didn't want them to take over as the x-men but i thought that was a especially right now with dawn of x like these things like there's also a magic academy going on for dr strange like these things are natural progressions of what should be happening with their world and if in humans were already kind of there with like kamala khan like already within society like it should be a national a natural progression they should be back like i could i could take a dawn of x of them on another island reestablishing themselves as well like it sh it should be the direction they take and i would totally back it 100 percent. yeah yeah um but yeah so i'm glad we talked about those books definitely check them out uh mosaic by jeffrey thorne kari randolph you can check out nighthawk by david walker so and so, black panther so, by tennessee Coates. so is that, that is that nighthawk is so is that nighthawk still around in the marvel universe somewhere no uh i don't know because there's the squadron supreme that are going in the jason aaron's avengers run right now yeah and i'm pretty sure that's not him otherwise he got captured and brainwashed <laughs> yeah like it's very i'm not really sure who like i know hyperion and i know nighthawk but i don't know the other three like there's the one that looks like wonder woman but as far as i can tell they all seem like they were manufactured and that's not the original like that's not them so I'm curious to see like Aaron explore that once they you know bring that all to a head. But first comes I want to see Namor and the Phoenix again. That's <laughs> that's that's on my priority list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we've got Black Panther by Tennessee Coates, uh, both Wakanda Space Empire and A Nation at Our Feet, and then uh, Roman, your pick. Uh, what was the title of it again? Uh, Big Black Stand Big Black. Attica. Stand Attica. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking these out at your local comic book shops. Uh, support your shops. Support these creators. It's important that we do. A uh, couple closing things. So, yeah, Black Lives Matter. I can't say that enough. That's going to be the title of this episode. That's the end of our. That's the end of our show. We wanted to make sure that it's understood that we do not support the the racism that's going on in our nation and around the world and black lives matter and we need to do our part to support uh creators if you enjoy these books please check them out at your local shop support these creators support your shops uh if you if you have if you can't get to protests or you're wanting to find ways to help uh, make sure to use your platforms to support black lives matters you can also uh, find a number of different donations to support them uh, if you go to actblue.com you can make donations to the black Lives matters movement there uh, comics place is also uh, taking donations to uh, go towards the Black Lives Matter movement as well. They've replaced their tipping option for their delivery service with that, which is fantastic. So be sure to, if there's any way you can help, uh, whether that be sharing your voice, donating, or being at those protests, please do. Next week, or next, no, next week, uh, that'd be so fast. Uh, I'm not ready. Uh, next month, we will get back to episode 23, where we will discuss happy and our imaginary friends. So until next time, stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.